Good morning, Journey Church. Good morning. Good to see each of you who are present. Those who are out there, I can't see you, but I know you're out there. I've been checking a little bit online uh, on uh, Facebook Live. So it's good to have everyone present today and uh, glad that you're here to worship with us. I will warn you up front, uh, my cough is still here. Haven't figured that out just yet, uh, so it may be a little bit interrupted uh, this morning, but uh, uh, please bear with me a little bit. So it's great to see everybody, and I want to echo what Tony has said, too, about uh, our giving and supporting the church. You guys have kept us in a very strong position, been faithful. We've been able to meet all the uh, commitments that we have uh, to the people, the organizations that we support, the missions, even go beyond that, and uh, so we're excited about that. Thank you. Thank you so much for for your kindness and your generosity and support and your faithfulness. Uh, we're in a series that we began a couple of weeks ago called Some Good News, which we're all still looking for. Uh, when I wrote these messages, or we kind of came up with this idea, uh, it was just the, um, the virus that we were struggling with nowadays. Uh, we need good news on every front. Uh, there's just a lot of bad news all around us. So we're going to be talking about and reminding ourselves of what heaven's all about. That's what this series is kind of focusing on. And today we're going to ask, answer a question. We've been kind of trying to address some of the questions, practical things that people might ask about heaven. And we're, today we're going to ask the question, will heaven be boring? Because that seems to be what some people think. You know, when I was a kid, my mom used to sew a lot. Um, we were poor, didn't know it at the time. But my mom made a lot of clothes for her and my sisters. And so, you know, I kind of felt a little bit left out. So I said, Mom, will you make me something, make me uh, some clothes to wear. So she made me a really cool little sport jacket. That was back in the day when little boys actually wore sport jackets and coats. And uh, she made me a jacket, which was pretty cool. And she made me a pair of pants. And uh, I thought they were really cool. Today, they probably would not be in, uh, obviously, but, but they were in that day. Uh, but I wore them skating one time. And that was a bad idea because evidently, they weren't made with the best thread for the seat of a little boy's pants when he's skating. So I'll just leave it right there. It was a little bit embarrassing. But the thing I remember most about my mom sewing was that we had to go shop for material uh, very regularly. And uh, so we would go to Joanne Fabrics or whatever store they had back then, and we would go, and, and it, every trip lasted for several years, seemingly, to a little boy. It just seemed like forever we would be in, in these fabric stores, and mom, you know, trying to find stuff, and, and there's nothing in a fabric store for a little boy to do. I'm telling you, there's nothing to look at, nothing that's interesting. I just remember being so bored uh, shopping for fabric, and maybe you can identify with that in some way in your childhood or adulthood. You know, maybe for you, it's waiting in a doctor's office somewhere, or maybe it's months spent under quarantine during a pandemic, whatever it, it may be. You know what it means to be bored, and, and take away your smartphone, and it makes it even worse right now. Exactly. You know, we've been talking for a few weeks now about heaven, and a lot of people feel like heaven is going to be boring, kind of like stuck at home, nothing to do, nowhere to go, uh, bored out of your mind. An atheist wrote these words, I don't believe in an afterlife, so I don't have to spend my whole life fearing hell or fearing heaven even more, for whatever uh, tortures of hell, I feel like the boredom of heaven will be even worse. Now, obviously, here's an uninformed guy in a lot of ways, but his fear is the boredom of heaven. 
You know, I believe that Satan, again, like we've talked about before, has sold us this narrative that hell's going to be a fun place. It's going to be one unending party. Everybody is together. There are no rules. Do whatever you want. Everybody's having a great time. But on the other hand, that heaven is basically pretty boring where we're all socially distanced on our own little cloud. We're sitting in a toga playing a harp for eternity. And the truth is almost the opposite in some ways. The truth is that hell is going to be a place of isolation, of separation, of loneliness, of solitude, suffering, darkness, and pain. And heaven, I believe, is going to be a place of togetherness, a place of light and fun and adventure and pleasure. And we need to understand that. We need to know what heaven's going to be about. Because with the narrative that's commonly held, it's very difficult for people to get excited about heaven and to look forward to it if they feel like they're going to be bored for eternity. But I believe that if we really got a glimpse of what heaven would be like and the good news of heaven and eternal life, I think we could get excited. We would have a greater motivation to live for Jesus. I mean, we would realize that we're going to make some sacrifices here, but one day it's all going to be uh, worth it. It's going to be so much better there. Not only that, we would be open and feel more free to invite our friends to be there as well. Because we definitely don't want our friends in hell. We definitely want them to be in heaven with us. So the good news that we're talking about is trying to look at what the Bible has to say about heaven. In the middle of all the bad news that we live in day by day, we need to have some regular source of good news. And God's Word, of course, gives us that. But, but I want to encourage you to know that heaven is going to be incredible, and it's going to be exciting and wonderful. And many of us don't know a lot about heaven because we kind of think about the narrative that the world shares or Satan wants us to believe, but the Bible talks a lot about heaven, more than we realize, and I think it's easy for us to know as much about heaven as possible if we plan to go there someday. So that's the great news. And so today we're going to ask the, answer the question, is heaven going to be boring? And we're going to look at four reasons why I do not think heaven will be boring in any way, all right? So here's the first reason. I think in heaven, you're going to laugh a lot. I think heaven is going to be a place of laughter. It's going to be a place of joy. Now, I want to clarify this up front because I know that some people struggle with this. I know that some people struggle with, with the seriousness of God. And I want to just say up front, God is very serious. That God is nothing to joke about, no one to joke about. I, I never joke about God. I don't like those kind of jokes. I don't think we should ever mock God or take God lightly, Jesus, none of that. I'm not doing that at all. I'm not saying that at all. Jesus was very serious about his work in ministry. His work in ministry led him to the death on the cross, which is the greatest tragedy of all time. So we never take God lightly. We never joke about God. He is our father, and we respect him. But I believe that like all good fathers, that God has a soft side, and I believe a sense of humor. Now, I want to say that because I don't think that God could have created a giraffe which is really funny looking, or a penguin, or a dolphin, or any other odd looking animal, or in fact, you and I, for that matter, if he didn't have some sort of sense of humor. And I believe that God made us with a sense of humor. I don't think it's wrong to have one. The Bible says we're made in the image of God, so I'm going to make some connection there a little bit. Now, if you have a hard time thinking of God laughing, then let me check out a, a couple of scriptures for you. The first one's in Psalms chapter 2. It says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. In Psalms chapter 37, it says, but the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. And in Psalm 59, it says, but you laugh at them, Lord, 
You scoff at all those nations. So in other words, God laughs at the things that we take seriously but aren't really important. God laughs at our seriousness and our independence, and God says one day you're going to realize how wrong you were. He kind of scoffs at those things. But God says, don't take yourself seriously. You take me seriously. We can take God seriously and still kind of understand that there's going to be laughter in heaven. You know, when my kids were little, I wanted them to take me seriously. About the last thing that I wanted for my kids to laugh at me when I told them to do something, right? So that's not the kind of thing we're talking about. I want them to respect me, but I also want to be warm to my kids, and I want to laugh at my kids and joke with them. And I think that God has the balance, that balance too, for his children. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. When Jesus was on the earth, obviously his mission was very serious. But there's also sometimes in Jesus' teaching that I think we see the fun-loving side of Jesus come out. For example, Jesus loved to go to parties. He loved to go to weddings. We already talked about that. And events where people were gathered. And when Jesus got there, he didn't sit in a corner by himself. People gathered to him. They had, he had what we called charisma. They gathered around him, not just to hear him teach, but also just to enjoy his company. But if you remember, the religious people who were critical of him set off to the side, and they didn't have any sense of humor at all. In fact, they thought what Jesus was doing laughing and talking and enjoying the time with the, the, the sinners was, was really wrong. They said, look at how he's acting. He's, la- he's talking and laughing with sinners. Well, they're feasting and they ought to be fasting. You know, I, what I've discovered is that's kind of how religious people often think that, that we can be critical of everything, even critical of Jesus in, in the time he spent enjoying his disciples or other people. You know, I remember when I was a kid, the pictures we, got, we grew up with they never had Jesus smiling. I don't know if you remember that or not. I think I've got one up on the screen here. It would be a picture of something like this, extremely sober, extremely serious, maybe even a little bit angry. Uh, but, but those pictures, I'm not sure they depict Jesus. First of all, that looks like a white man up there, uh, and I'm not sure Jesus looked like that at all. But, but here's a picture I like a little bit better, and this is a picture of a guy named Bruce Marciano. And uh, he depicted the character of Jesus in a movie or two. And if you've ever seen that, that movie, he, he brought out what might be the warmth and even the laughter of Jesus at times. You know, the Bible says that children would flock to Jesus, that Jesus, I think, was, was charismatic to them as well. He was fun and enjoyable to be around. He told stories that people would laugh at. Like he told a story about a man who had a two-by-four sticking out of his eye who didn't realize it, but he was worried about getting the speck out of an eye of his brother. And you can almost visualize Jesus saying, imagine this big board sticking out of a guy's eyes, turn his head, he doesn't realize it's in because he's looking for somebody else's problem. Or or the statement he said, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to go to heaven. I mean, you can picture somebody trying to thread a needle, which I can't hardly do anymore, with a camel. You know, I think there's uh, obviously some hyperbole that he's using here and and a a little bit of humor to communicate truth. And then in Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, Blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. And then the apostle Peter also said, When his glory is revealed, you will rejoice and be glad. So I have no problem believing that there will be a lot of laughter in heaven. There will be joy in heaven. You know, laughter is good for it. I like to laugh, and I love to make Lori laugh. I didn't even tell her I was going to say this. But Lori says 
that if you guys knew how funny and weird I was, that you probably wouldn't take me seriously in a lot of different ways. Because I, I can be a little weird sometimes. Lori loves to laugh. I love to hear Lori laugh. I love to make her laugh. Lori said that when she died, she wanted this on her tombstone. She loved to laugh. And I think that's a great thing. Laughter's great. Studies show that laughter's good for us. It keeps us healthy. And I think that laughter and joy here in the proper balance and way is preparation from heaven where there will be joy and rejoicing. We're promised about that. Jesus said, you may weep here, but one day you will rejoice. So I think we're going to laugh a lot in heaven, and and I think a cheerless, joyless Christian is really, really bad advertisement for heaven. Because if you can't laugh here and laugh at yourself sometime, you're going to have a hard time experiencing the joy, I think, of heaven. So let's get ready for heaven and let's laugh a lot. All right, secondly, I don't think in heaven will be boring because we will work and worship with divine beings in heaven. What could be boring if you are worshiping and sitting around and talking to divine beings and spiritual beings? That would be amazing, won't it? You know, we said before that God is going to restore the earth, and I believe maybe get back to his original plan that he had in the Garden of Eden. In Revelation chapter 4, a beautiful picture that John uh, explains for us. He said, after this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. So he's looking through the door to heaven. And the voice I first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it, and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. A rainbow that shone like an emerald emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white, and they had uh, crowns of gold on their head. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. So he's describing this throne room. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now, I want to tell you, I think John's trying to, to explain this amazing vision that he's having there. But what he is seeing is a throne room, and there's a lot of, a lot of beings there. There's some human beings there. There are 24 elders. We don't know who they are. Some say they may represent the 12 tribes and the 12 apostles. You know, we don't know that. But there are 24 human beings, and they're also divine beings. And he, he describes them to the best of his ability. They have eyes in front and back. One looks like a lion, an ox, a man, an eagle. They have wings, and they have eyes everywhere. But they are angelic beings, and they're spiritual beings. But they're not scary, They're praising God and constantly saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I want to tell you, can you imagine how that would be boring? I mean, that's going to just fill your senses with, wow, this this is amazing. See, I believe that God's plan was for divine beings and for human beings to exist together. And we talked about last week that they really were together in the garden, that there were angels, there there was Satan was in the garden, but God was there, human beings were in the garden as well. And we know that while we live in the earthly realm, there is a heavenly realm that has spiritual beings in it. And 
when we get to heaven, there's going to be combined there. Have you ever noticed the fascination there is with angels? How, how fascinated we are about angels and questions we have. But also it's interesting too, I think, I want to stretch you a little bit here, that our interest about aliens as well and the potential of life on other planets, we don't know that whether it could be or not, you know. There's speculation and UFO fly, uh, sightings and things like that. There could be other inhabited planets that we don't know about. Obviously, it would not contradict the Bible if they were. God can do whatever He wants to do. I'm not suggesting there are, but I'm just saying there could be. But God has put this desire in us to be curious about other things and other people and other beings and other parts of His creation. We're fascinated with people from other countries. I love to speak to someone who has an accent or from other country and talk about what their culture is like over there. People we've never met, parts of God's creation that we've never experienced. So if you add all the divine beings, the type that John described here, if you add the people who are all over the world, millions, billions of people who will no doubt be in heaven, who live down through time and every segment of history and every part of the world, if you add all those together, divine being, human beings, we will know that all these people there's no way you could ever get bored. Imagine meeting and talking and interacting with all these people. So I don't think heaven will be boring because there'll be so much social interaction with people. We need that, right? Thirdly, I think heaven won't be boring because you're going to have lots to do, lots to learn and explore in heaven. When God creates his new heaven and his new earth, it's going to be beyond our imagination. To be honest with you, this world we live in today is a little bit beyond our imagination. We love to see other parts of the world. We love to, to travel. We love to uh, experience and explore so many great things. And when God creates the new earth, the new heaven, it's going to be even greater, obviously, than our earth. And I think we will spend eternity, and we will never see or experience all of it. Now, when you describe boredom, you think about nothing to do, nothing to learn, nowhere to go. Kind of like quarantine's been, right? But, but when we get to heaven... It's all going to be different. We're going to be made perfect, and we're going to have this resurrected body, but we're not going to instantly know everything. I want you to go back to the Garden of Eden. Whenever Adam and Eve were there, and they were placed in the garden, they didn't know everything in the garden. They were free to explore. God said, I want you to go, and I want you to learn. I want you to explore about the garden, and maybe name some of the plants that are out there, and identify them, and maybe cultivate, grow some, some fruit or something, you know. They had lots to do. Go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, use the earth. And I think in the new heaven and new earth, there's going to be plenty to do just to see it, just to explore it. I suspect that we'll have unlimited access to all of God's creation. Can you imagine that? I mean, there are parts of the earth that we cannot access, right? I mean, the oceans, the outer space, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get there. Nobody wants to go and be the first ones to go. But can you imagine having access to all of the galaxies, other uh, solar systems, things that we're limited from here? Maybe God's saving all of that for heaven, and they'll be unlimited to be able to explore all that. We will never get bored going, learning, exploring. You know, some people love to learn. My son is a reader, avid leader, a reader. He reads dozens of books a year just loves to read. He loves to learn. He will be learning forever, I'm sure. Some people like to go and do. You know, I like to do things. I like to make and create things. 
I think we'll be creative and have it. Some people like to explore. I've got a son-in-law who loves to hike and explore. His goal is to go to every, the highest point in every state in, in the country, and he's done several of those. He loves to explore. I think we're going to do all those things and more in heaven beyond what we can ever imagine. And here's another thing, too. We're going to be busy because we're going to be reigning as well over some things. We're going to have responsibility, at least that's what Jesus said. He talked about those who were faithful on earth would be given greater responsibility in heaven. When he talked about giving out talents and, and investments to people, and they were faithful here, and he said, now you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to have greater responsibility. I think we're going to work in heaven. It's not going to be boring. It's going to be exciting and fulfilling work. I'm going to talk in a couple of weeks about what work will be like in heaven a little bit, but, but I think a, a lot of us will probably do the things that we love to do here upon the earth. You know, pastoring, building, designing, cooking. Maybe your hobby is, becomes what you do if it's not needed there or not important, not necessary. But whatever it is, we'll be productive and fulfilling. I think we will never, ever run out of something to do because the perfect world that God's building for us will come to pass. It will never, ever end. We will be busy. We will not be bored. And here's the fourth reason, and I think the greatest reason that we'll not be bored in heaven, and that is that you will be with God in heaven that we will be with God. <coughs> How in the world could heaven be boring, possibly be boring, when you're with God? I mean, if His creation fascinates us, if His Word intrigues us, which it should, and, and we think about all that God has done here on this earth that will be renewed or, or done away with, the ocean, the mountains, the canyons, beautiful nature, creation, flowers, how can you imagine that it, uh, that it could be any less than here, and even more so by being in the presence of God. Here's what it says in Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. They will be, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. What does it say? That God's dwelling place will be with us. Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. That God is building a house with a place, a room for every believer. Why? Because he wants to be with his family. He wants to be around us. In heaven, God will not be a distant figure that we just hear about or read about or people talk about. The Bible says we will see him face to face, face to face. You know, in the book of Exodus, Moses wanted to see the glory of God. He kind of wanted to see who God was. And God said, Moses, I would like to, but I can't show you my face. I can't do that. You can't handle that, that sort of glory. But I tell you what I will do. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will pass by you. And, and he saw only the back part of God. But afterwards, Moses glowed so brightly that the people, he had to put a, a veil over his head, his face, because people couldn't even look at him because he had only been in the presence of God passing by. Now, if God is that majestic and glorious, can you imagine what it means to see the face of God? Job, who we know went through a great deal of suffering, was faithful, said this, I shall see God. 
In Matthew chapter 5, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 1 Corinthians 13, for now we only see a reflection in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know, I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And in Revelation 22, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Guys, can you imagine being in the presence of God, of seeing God face to face? The God that we've heard about and known about our lifetime here upon the earth, and suddenly we're in the presence of God. It, it will be intimidating, absolutely. But you know what? At that point, He will relate to us as a loving God. In heaven, the love of God is what we're going to experience. A God who just wants to be with His children. A God who longs for us to know Him and to love Him. And so here is where we prepare for those moments in eternity when we come face to face with God. You know, I think one reason why people assume that heaven's going to be boring is because their Christian lives are boring. They're not excited about their faith. They're not excited about their future. And I believe that's true. That's true in many people's lives because they have lost sight of who God is. And they've lost sight of, of who Jesus is, the role, his role in their life. They've lost sight of eternity. They don't know what the Bible has to say. It isn't God's fault that people's spiritual lives are boring and dull. God is calling us to follow Him and to adventure and a full life here. I mean, the, the, a life of following Jesus doesn't have to be boring on this earth. It needs to be an exciting life, some of the most exciting ex adventures that we can have. But all of this one day will be fulfilled when we go and we get to be in, with God in heaven. And I believe there we'll laugh and rejoice. The Bible says we will. We'll worship Him and we'll work with believers from all over the world and all different times of the world. And we'll also, not only that, we will also worship with divine beings. We'll never tire of learning. We'll never tire of, of, uh, of going and doing and serving. We're going to be reunited with our loved ones. We're going to make millions of friends. We're going to enjoy music and eat delicious foods and share enjoyable relationships with other people and experience unbelievable things. And the Bible says that we will see God face to face. Don't you want to go to heaven? Can you possibly imagine that heaven would be boring in any way? I cannot even fathom that. I hope that vision, that picture is encouraging to you. I really do. But I will tell you this, that one day our life here upon the earth will come to an end. And we will see God, either as a judge or as a father. We will see God. And, you know, I, I hope that you know you'll see him in a place of peace and a place of hope. You know, I have some judges who are friends, and, and there's no fear for me to be around them because of our relationship. Now, if I were to stand before them as a judge, I would be, I would be worried. I would be anxious. I would be concerned. I don't ever want to be in that place. I want always to be with them as a friend. And that's how we can be with God, that we can be the friend of God. But the only way for us to do that is for us to come to Him through the only way available, and that is Jesus Christ. You see, God has done everything possible to bring us into this relationship with Him, this oneness with Him, and that only way that can be done is by giving our life to Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important that right here on this earth, in the moments and time that we have, this day that we have, 
that we take these moments to make sure that we're right with Christ, that we have given ourselves to Him, that we are committed to Him, following Him, serving Him, so that one day when this short life is over, we can be with God forever. We can rejoice with Him forever. And that's my challenge to you today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would love to have a conversation with you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to come and worship Him.